What a great way to start the month of October. If you're like me, you've been waiting and waiting for this moment to start. Coming back to the river, it's so great to see so many of you that I've missed seeing over the summer and many new faces, new friends. So glad that you're here. Um, This is actually our eighth year of the river. Isn't that amazing? Eight years. I know. Praise God. Just so great. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Marianne Nowak, and I am the pastor to women here at River West Church. And um, I just imagine there are many of you here who have mustered up a lot of courage to walk through the doors this morning. In fact, I know that 23% of you are brand new, that this is your very, very first Bible study. So that's awesome. And maybe you've been pestered by a friend who said, come to the river, just come, trust me, you'll like it. Um, Maybe you felt a little bit intimidated walking into this room this morning, all of these women gathered singing, many faces that you've never seen before. Some of you might have felt a little nervous even walking into a church if you're not used to going to church or you don't know where you are, like where's the bathrooms and (laughs) what's the location of where we're gathered. Um, I know it takes a lot of courage. I remember those days walking into something brand new and what that feels like. And, you know, for those of us who come here all the time, it just feels so comfortable. But I know there's some of you this morning that probably feel a little bit out of your comfort zone. So I just hope I can put you at ease. And I hope that after this morning, you feel like this is a place for you. This is a place for you to call home on Tuesday mornings. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about myself, just so you feel like we kind of get to know each other a little bit. Um, I'll show you a couple pictures of my family. Uh, This is my husband, Bob. Um, Actually, this picture is one of the highlights from my summer. We were able to go to Italy for two weeks together this summer. I know. Um, I'm in a study program at Gordon-Conwell, and we got to spend two weeks in Italy studying together with my my cohort. And so um, this was in Tuscany. I mean, it's so beautiful. So, But my husband is, uh, he's been my husband for 36 years. And uh, his name is Bob. He is a Bible teacher as well. How weird is that? Um, He teaches the men's Bible study fellowship class in Lake Oswego. And he's been doing that since 2003. And so I'm not really good with numbers. But how many years is that? Seven? 16 years. Okay, so he's been doing it for 16 years. Some of your husbands might be in that, in that class, but um, they're studying the book of Acts this year. So we have a lot of overlap in the things that we're studying, things that he's studying. Um, yeah, so he was out of work most of last year. So praise God this summer, he got a job. For those of you who are praying along with us, he's, yes, I know. Yay. It's always great. And your husband goes back to work. Um, but it was... It was a really sweet year for him. He actually had a really great sabbatical and used his time really well. And he's working for a financial advisor, which is back in the industry that he spent most of his career. So praise God. I'm so glad he got a job. I have two sons, and here they are um, with my husband. Uh, so Adam is my oldest son, and he is part of the river. Did you know that? Every week he's back at the computer back there, and he runs all of our media. I know. Yay. He, um, he works here at River West. He works as a communications director, so he does a lot of things behind the scenes, our website, our printed materials, um, our branding, all of that stuff. He heads that team, and, so he, and he's at the river every week, just making sure that everything I say is absolutely true, because you know, you know how your kids, you know, they'll be like, no exaggeration, trust me. 
Um, and then my other son, Spencer, who looks most like my husband, um, he is, uh, he works at Nike. He's in uh, talent acquisition, they call it, which is like human resources. And he actually leads a team over there, um, leads two teams over there. And both sons live at home. So it's pretty awesome to live with your adult children. It's pretty cool. They, they've just become friends, and you get to live with a whole bunch of friends in a very testosterone-heavy environment. <laughs> so that's so why I love coming here. I mean, God is so good. He gives me all of these women to hang out with all day long, and then I go home and hang out with all of these men. So it's the best of both worlds. But I've got three more family members that you need to meet, and their names are Rosie, Rudy, and Riley. Um, Rosie, the one with the purple scarf, that's my girl. She follows me everywhere. She's 13, though, and a half, so I'm worried that this is going to be a tough year. Um, I've never had a golden live into 15. 14 is about as long as I get to keep them. Rudy is seven. He's the boy of the family. And then Riley is four, and she's mischief. If you ever heard me share about the puppy I had that de-stuffed um, my furniture... That was Riley. So, but they're all good right now. They're all good. So, and I do show up every week with lots of dog fur on my body, but that's just the way we go. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit about me. We have been preparing for this day for many weeks and thinking about this very moment when we would gather together to study James and First and Second Peter. So I'm so glad this day has come. And your leaders have been praying for you. And they have been preparing their hearts as well for this moment when you would come and they would get to meet you for the first time. In fact, we all went away on a retreat together, your leaders, 10 days ago. And we went to go spend time with the Lord and to spend time with each other at Rockaway Beach. We rented a beach house there. There were 25 or 26 of us gathered together. And we just had the most amazing time. We got to spend some time on the beach in solitude with the Lord, praying. We got to spend some time together doing some really fun team activities um, we spent some amazing time in worship with Lisa and Kelsey. Uh, we had amazing food. Uh, sleep was iffy, but the rest of it was so rich and so great. So we just had such a special time just preparing our hearts for this day. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were just really connected with the Lord and connected with each other before we entered into a whole new season of ministry. Now, during one of our actual worship and sharing sessions... Um, one leader shared about just a very difficult year that she had last year. She had some health issues last year, and it, it made for her to just have a really, really challenging year. And she was reflecting on that year, and she was saying, you know, I realized that God actually had me exactly where he wanted me in leadership because she felt so really cared for and supported during a year when she actually had to step away for some time to care for herself and at the end of that, she said, you know, I really just realized that the river is just not just a Bible study. She was thinking about how God had used it to actually help her heal and help her be supported during this tough time. And I started thinking about that. I was thinking, yeah, you know, the river isn't just a Bible study. That sort of resonated with me. And I thought, well, what, what are we? We're so much more than a Bible study. We're 
a community of really diverse women who come together to open God's word, to grow deep in friendship with each other. We, we delight in being women together. But then we also have this common thread of our faith in Jesus Christ. So anyway, this morning I thought I would share with you seven ways in which the river is not just a Bible study. Way number one, the river is a place to connect in friendship with other women. You probably already know that loneliness is a big part of our culture today. Um, It's epidemic. Despite all the connections that we have on Facebook and social media, the hundreds and hundreds of friends that might show up on our profiles, um, the pace of our life has made it really, really difficult to connect deeply with other flesh and blood human beings. We're all so busy. And, And as you know, friendship not only requires time, it also requires shared experiences. Part of why we went off together for a weekend as leaders was not just to carve out the time to spend together, but to have some shared experiences, to have some team building, some scavenger hunts, some fun things to do together to build in friendship. And in our pace of life right now, we just don't have a lot of time and opportunity to go really deep in our friendships. In fact, they say that, that our generation um, is, is one of the defining characteristics of our generation is that we as women have fewer deep and lasting friendships than any other generation before us, which is so ironic since we have so many friends on Facebook, at least, or in our social media. Um, But the river is a place where you can share time with other women two hours a week. Think about that. That's actually a big investment of time. You're going to be in your small groups, and you're going to get to hear each other's deeper thoughts about Scripture, about what, what your, your fellow group members are learning, about what they think. You're going to have some time to actually hear about the backdrop of their prayer requests. As you gather in fellowship times and out-of-class out of time, you're going to find out some of the stories of what's going on in each other's lives, have an opportunity to really pray for each other. So this is going to be a place where you're actually going to find that you're going to really grow together in friendship. Now, this is going to happen in a couple of different ways. So you're going to have your small group time. About three times during the year, we're not actually going to discuss a lesson. We're just going to gather for fellowship time. So that's time to share stories about what's going on and what God's doing in your life. And then about three times during the year, your leader is going to organize a fellowship time outside of class. It could be at lunch, right after class. It could be Saturday morning breakfast. It could be an evening appetizer time. Whatever it is, she's going to organize a time to bring you together just to go deeper in relationship. And of course, you know, as you share contact information, you can call up somebody, text somebody, say, hey, let's go grab coffee. I want to get to know you better. It's okay to look at someone in your circle and go, you know what? I really like you. I really want to get to know you better and just go have coffee. Now, some of you are in very, going to be this year in very homogeneous groups. Some of your groups this year are very similar in ages and stages of life, and that's intentional for you to have an opportunity to build friendships with women who are in the same season as you. There are other groups that are very mixed in ages and stages of life, and that's intentional to help you get to know women who are in a variety of places in their life to enrich the sort of multi-generational dynamic of your life, which is part of being part of the church, right? We are a community of women of all different ages and stages. 
And that'll mix up every year. So maybe one year you're in a multi-generational group and one year you're in a, in a same season group and that's just to keep it lively, <laughs> keep it fresh. Number two is that um, this is a place to experience unity in the midst of diversity. Our purpose together is to open God's word, pure and simple. It's so simple. We gather together to open God's word and to learn about him, to learn about ourselves, and to learn about the world that we live in and how to navigate life in a very post-Christian world as a Christ follower. We have this moment in our, in our life and in our culture to try to know God in a deeper way. We all have a story. We all have a unique journey in our spiritual life. And um, we come from different backgrounds. We come from different experiences. In fact, in my own personal journey, I grew up in an Episcopal church. So I grew up in a church that had beautiful stained glass windows, beautiful liturgy. I learned how to um, say the creeds. I learned how to recite certain prayers. I had a, a sense of God's majesty and holiness growing up in an Episcopal church. When I was in college, I went to a Catholic church because I had some friends that went to the Catholic church. And we used to go to the Catholic church every Wednesday. That was a big day to go to the Catholic church. And so it was a wonderful time of kind of seeing a deeper level. I I marveled at the priests and the nuns who devoted their entire lives to serving God. It was just really a special treasure to have a season of my life in the Catholic church. Then when I got out of college, I went to a Baptist church. And in that church, I really learned about the Word. I hadn't really understood the Bible at the kind of depth that I did when I was in a really strong Bible-teaching Baptist church. I learned about community and family and generations of people being deeply committed to that church. And it was rich and beautiful. In fact, that's where I met my husband. And then, since I've moved to Oregon, I've been part of a non-denominational evangelical church. So I've had like this really broad spectrum of different kinds of experiences that each of them have taught me something different about who God is and what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Some of the churches I've been a part of are complementarian. That's the way that they view women in an in a equal partnership type of thing. And others are egalitarian. I went to a complementarian seminary for my master's degree. I'm currently attending an egalitarian seminary for my doctorate degree. I learned from both. It's wonderful to have a broad um, sense of seeing how God works in, through different, different ways. Um, we can all learn from each other. And I heard one of my professors say one time, when we get to heaven, we're all going to be surprised. <laughs> we're all going to be surprised. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see it that way or I didn't know it that way. But he said, but none of us will be disappointed. It'll be perfect. And it will be, oh, of course, that's how it, it is. And so that's super exciting. So I I just thought you would be interested just to kind of get a sense for how many different churches are represented in our class. Because it's so cool to see how we come from a variety of diverse church backgrounds, but we're here for one purpose. We're here to open God's word together. Just listen to how many churches are represented here. Of course, River West. Rolling Hills. Family Worship Center. Hillsdale Christian Fellowship. Westside, a Jesus church, Colossae, Bridgetown, Willamette Christian, Door of Hope, Manor House, formerly City Bible Church, Community Church of Sandy, South Lake, 26 West, Pilgrim Lutheran, Lake Grove Presbyterian, St. Cecilia's, Our Lady of the Lake, Amago Day, Portland Christian Center, St. Anthony's, 
Athey Creek, Eden Presbyterian, Beaverton Foursquare, St. Pius, Countryside Community, Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox, The Collective, Southwest Bible, Sunset Presbyterian, Life Journey Lutheran, Tualatin United Methodist, Trinity Lutheran, Grace Point, Community of Faith, Canby Alliance, United Methodist, New Song, Village Baptist, Riversgate, and Zion Mennonite. How awesome is that? So cool. I share that with you because I want you to know that when you go into your discussion circles, these are circles of grace. These are circles where we focus on the things we have in common, not on our differences. And not only do we have denominational differences, we also have differences in in our perspectives on social issues and political views, right? And so those things we're not focusing on. We're focusing on our commonality in God's word. This is a place where we find unity amidst the diversity. And so I want to encourage you in that and set you free in that. Yes. Okay, this also is a place where you can be authentically you on your spiritual journey. You are you on your spiritual journey. Whether you've been a follower of Jesus for your entire life or whether you're here just investigating, what does it mean to be a Christ follower? Um, We want you to explore that in a place that's safe and allow you to be you right where you are. Um, This is a safe place. It's a safe place to learn with no pressure. Um, It's a safe place to just um, be on a journey. We are all on a journey We should all be learning constantly more and more about who God is, who we are, what his perspective is in our world. We're on a journey. We will never finish this journey until we see him face to face. Until then, we're all growing. We're all discovering. We're all learning. And so I want you to feel safe in wherever you are. And if you're just here checking it out, feel free to say that. Hey, I don't think I believe yet, but I'm just here to investigate. So this is a place for you to be. Um, I love that God promises. He says, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. It's in Deuteronomy 4.29. So he invites us, seek me, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. Your leaders are also here to make sure that your group stays a safe place for you to learn and grow. And you can ask them questions. They're happy to answer your questions. They're happy to be available to you, um, to help you even with study tips, how to navigate your study. They are a resource for you. So I hope you'll really enjoy getting to know your leader in a deep way. Number four is that this is a place to find wisdom and hope for your life. Anybody need wisdom and hope? Oh my goodness. We all do, right? We're going to experience this in such practical ways this year as we study James and First and Second Peter. So we're going to start with James. We're going to be in the book of James for about the first 13 weeks. And James is a letter written to Jewish believers. And he, was, he wrote specifically to challenge them and to challenge us about how to live our lives in freedom and faith and obedience. Um, James wants... wants his readers to be wise in how we live, especially as how we live out the great commandment to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. He's giving us wisdom. Jesus spoke the commandment, but James is saying, well, let me help you understand how that's fleshed out in your daily life. 
Um, he is actually going to help us understand how fractured, how disintegrated our lives are because of the sin and brokenness in our world. And he's going to help us to find healing and wholeness as we focus our hearts and minds on Christ. Most importantly, he wants us to know that God is good, despite our circumstances, despite anything that's going on in our lives, that God is good, and he is faithful, and he is trustworthy to meet us in our pain and our sin and our disappointments. He's got such good news for us. You're going to be deeply encouraged by the wisdom that he offers, and we're going to have an opportunity to really apply that wisdom to all of the most practical ways that we live our lives. Then after 13 weeks, we're going to transition to 1 Peter and then 2 Peter after that. First, Peter is writing to the Gentiles. He's writing to Roman believers, and he's writing specifically to believers who are suffering in a time of persecution. And so he's, he's going to remind us that who we are in Christ. He's going to remind us about our identity in Christ and about what it means to be chosen, to be God's elect, to be, um, to be daughters of the king. He's going to be able to speak into that. What, is it, what does that look like? And um, he is going to give us so much hope in the midst of whatever suffering you're going, that's going on in your own life. You're going to find such words of hope and encouragement. When we get to 2 Peter, Peter's going to challenge us as followers of Christ to actually continue to grow in our faith and to be able to develop those kind of Christ-like characteristics, especially love. He's going to challenge us about love. And um, he's going to remind us that, um, that, that God loves us and he loves this world. And he's going to remind us that God's going to be faithful to bring human history to its purposed end because we're going to end with some really powerful words about the future, but that God is faithful, that he is working his plan, and his plan is going to unfold exactly as he's decided. It's going to be deeply inspirational at the end. So every week, you're going to have an opportunity to glean wisdom that's going to be very applicable to your life, and also hope. He's going to give you so much hope, which is what we need, right? We need hope. The fifth thing is that this is a place to receive truth in an age of information overload. Anybody struggling with information overload? Um, Every day, we're bombarded with so much information that more than we can assimilate, and our senses are so overstimulated by the types of inputs that we're receiving that oftentimes we just shut down. We just can't even take anymore. We just tune out. Our hearts become numb. Our minds become numb. We, um, we, can't, we can't take in any more information. We can't process it. Uh, one of the statistics I shared with you last year is that um, if you were to read the New York Times cover to cover for an entire week, you would receive more information than a person living in the 18th century would have gleaned over their entire lifetime. Does that give you a perspective of how much information we're taking in versus your grandmother and great-grandmother? A lot. It's a lot of information. And you would think, because we have so much information on our, on our smartphones, right in our pockets, on our computers, you would think that we would have the capacity to make super wise decisions. We have all of the perspectives that we would feel like it's, we have this great, reliable, trustworthy source to, to run our lives by. But the fact is, as you know, every point that you receive as a data point on the internet has 100 counter data points, right? And every counterpoint has 100 downer points. So the problem is the, the internet is, a, is an unfiltered collection of information. It's not 
verified, and it's random, and it's often opinions, and so it's very, very, it's very difficult to actually discern truth in our lives. You know this if you've had a pain in your side, and you've looked up on WebMD, (laughs) what does that pain mean? And it could be anywhere from you're going to die of cancer, or you've got a little indigestion, right? (laughs) And all of those perspectives are 100% convincing. So that's the problem, right? And so what's happening in our world, and especially a recent Barna study that surveyed women between the ages of 18 and 35, a recent study has indicated that women between ages 18 and 35, okay, think about this, the internet was invented about 35 years ago. So we're talking about for the generation of women, many of you in this room who have never known a world apart from information overload, This generation is the most anxious and depressed generation ever that lived on the planet. And it's because there's just so much data coming, and it's hard to discern what's true, what's real, what's right. It's it's completely um, creating a depth of anxiety and and pain in especially our younger women. And so um, we need the Bible for God's capital T truth, right? The Bible is God's capital T truth. And I have such bad news for you. It never changes ever. There's not some new like spin on the Bible. There, I'm, even as we're studying together, this Bible, this truth has been the same since the very first people read it. And it will be until Jesus comes back. It's never changing. God is the same. He is eternal. He never changes past, present, and future. We can go to the Bible and every generation and find the exact same truth. So it's capital T truth. There are no counterpoints from God. He's like, this is the way it is. And we get to come here and center our hearts and minds on real truth. That's a blessing. That's an anchor and a compass for our lives. It's wisdom. The longer that I live, the longer I see the validity and consistency of God's word. You know, I read it, and I understand it with my heart and my mind, but then I live it out, and I see my, my other people in my life live it out. And it's the real experiences of my life that even more so validate the truth of God's Word. It's one of the blessings of getting older, is that you're able to say with assurance, this is true, God is, is right, and when I live my life based on his truth, it's a totally different experience than if I live my life based on human truth, right? So I, the river is going to be a place for you to come to open God's word, to receive a kind of truth that actually brings you peace and clarity and comfort and is going to help you know exactly how to apply that to your life. Number six. This is a place to pray and be prayed for. Prayer is an important part of this ministry and this gathering of us together. Even in many kinds of ministry contexts, it's not uncommon to have a time for prayer that then gets eaten up by the sharing of many different kinds of prayer requests, and then there's actually no time for prayer, right? We're going to do prayer very differently this year, and so I want to share with you how we're going to do prayer. We're all going to do prayer the same way this year. Your leaders are so excited about this. Every week when you come in, there's going to be a card like this on your chair. And at some point, 
when you're in your discussion, you can just write a sentence or two of a prayer request. Let me just encourage you that there is no request too small for God. He is the one who cares about how many hairs are on the top of our head. No prayer request too small, no prayer request too great. Whatever's on your heart, just write it down. In the middle of your circle, there's going to be a basket. And when you're done, you're just going to stick your card in your basket. At the end of the discussion, it's going to be about 11.15, there's going to be a chime that rings out in this room. And your leaders are going to have, unfortunately, chimes set on their phone. And it's the phone, but it's going to be important because this chime is going to go off at 11.15, which means that at that time, discussions are going to seal up, even if you're not done, and everybody's going to turn your hearts to a time of prayer. Your leader's going to take your basket, she's going to pass it around the circle. If you feel super comfortable praying, you're, you're happy to pray, you're going to reach in and take the card and hold the card. And if you are new to prayer or you aren't comfortable praying out loud, then you're just going to let the basket pass, okay? Your leader will take the basket at the end, she'll take all of the cards, and she'll lead you in a time of prayer. And you'll just simply pray for the request that's in front of you. The thing is, God knows all the details, He knows it all. So we just can speak out what God puts on our hearts, and he knows. And we'll just trust him for that. And then when you're done, you're going to put your cards back in the basket. Your leader will seal up the time, and then she's going to take the cards home and pray for you all week. You're not going to get an email this this year that says, here are all the things that we want to pray for our group. We really want to make prayer a live dynamic human to human and divine, a time of gathering together and sending the requests out on emails um, doesn't feel safe to me. It feels like people can see those. And I don't think, honestly, I'm speaking as a pastor, I don't pray for a lot of things I get on email lists. I love to pray human to human. I don't like long lists of emails of things to pray for. That's I like to trust the Lord to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to pray for that person, which you'll have an opportunity to do. So that's how we're going to do prayer. Another chime will ring at 1130. That means amen. And you can go get your kids and then hang out as long as you want to to hang out and just enjoy each other's company. Is that all good? The river is a place to pray and be prayed for. We're actually going to pray. Isn't that awesome? You'll have lots of time to share your stories in your fellowship times and in other contexts outside of class. Number seven, this is my favorite. The river is a place to meet Jesus and quench the thirst of your soul. That's why it's called the river. It's from John 7, 37 and 38, when Jesus, I love that he stood up and he cried out. He didn't just murmur these words. He like cried out these words. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's the river. It's a place to gather, to open the word, to to know Jesus, and to drink of the only thing that will satisfy our parched souls, which is the living water that he offers. And so I'm so glad, so glad that you're here. Let me tell you, if you're new, kind of how the flow will be week to week. As you just experienced, we're going to come together and worship. Thank you to Lisa, our beloved worship leader. And she will, have, she will have others that join her at times. She's going to lead us. This is a time to transition your heart. 
Let the busy, crazy morning wash away and just turn your heart to the Lord and get your heart in a space of worship. Then live teaching. Live teaching uh, will bring some context, background to the passage that you've studied, some applications for your life, hopefully enrich the experience that you've had in the Word. After that, you will go off to your small groups. You'll have dynamic discussion, learn from each other, um, share the things that you have been learning in the study. I really want to encourage you not just to recite the things you've written, but actually to engage in conversation about the things that you've been learning. Um, then you'll turn to prayer. <laughs> Amazing, just as we shared. We'll have 15 minutes of prayer together. And then as you go home, you'll have your study guide, and you'll be able to, to just between you and the Lord, go deep in the scriptures that we'll be studying. For those of you who did the Pentateuch last year, you'll be thrilled to know that it won't take you as long to do your lesson this year. <laughs> you have verses rather than huge chapters to read. Um, it takes about an hour um, to do the study. So do it in, in 10 minutes and do it as part of your, your time with the Lord every day or do it in one sitting, however it works for you. But I just want to encourage you to carve out the time. Make the space. Find a comfy place. Find a quiet place. Find a time that works. And really bring your whole heart because God will meet you. He promises that when we open his word, when we allow him space, when we turn our hearts to his word, he will actually move. He will actually impress upon your heart something that he wants you to know very particularly. Um, today you're going to be going to your groups in just a few minutes. You're going to get a chance to meet your leaders, get a chance to know each other. You're going to get your name tag and you're going to get your study guide. And I want to introduce you to the study guide. It looks like this. And I want to say a special thank you to the people who make this happen. Our questions, the actual text of questions, come from Good Shepherd Church in Boring, Oregon. They have a team of women who write curriculum, and we are the beneficiaries of their amazing writing. Yes, we've been, every River Study has been from this team of women. Um, then we have Sally Augustine. Sally, raise your hand. <laughs> she is our professional editor. She is a book editor in her career, and she edits, edits our study for us and takes hours and hours of time. Thank you, Sally, for what you do. Yes. My son, Adam, uh, runs production of this tome, and, and he is in charge of getting it to the publisher and getting it all produced for us and keeping the project on schedule. And then our beloved Kylie. Kylie, where are you? Kylie? Hi, Kylie. Kylie, stand up just for a moment. Kylie is our designer, and I just want to... She's, she works with them. She actually comes up with the concept of how to create a book that goes with a study. So uh, you won't understand this unless I tell you, but this is like tumbled glass, sea glass, right? It starts out uh, sharp, but over tumbling, suffering, hardship, trials, it gets smooth. And so she was conceptualizing this study is going to be like taking the rough edges off of us. And then it's applied in the everyday aspects of our life. So as you go through your book this year, you're going to see all kinds of like... Um, everyday objects, like thread and telephones and things that are going to kind of remind you that this is a study that is meant to be applied to the everyday places of your life. So thank you, Kylie, for bringing art into our study this year. Okay, a few last things for you to know. Because this is such a 
practical, tangible study. It's an awesome study to invite a friend. So um, please invite your friends. You can have them register online or come next week. We have a few spots left to fill into a few of the groups. So I will make space if you bring a friend. Um, Also, if you miss a week, we... Uh, have podcasts every week that are on iTunes, and you can, um, as you can see, you can go even to the webpage and listen to the podcast. We are hoping also to have video up this year, so if you like to watch rather than listen, you'll be able to do both. I also want to encourage you to join our Facebook and Instagram accounts because there will be encouragements. There'll be things that you'll need to know, like if we have a snow day, we'll put it out on the, on, on the um, Instagram and Facebook accounts. Also, just a great place to engage with the studies. Share something encouraging on there that, that you're being blessed by. Um, and then if you, anybody needs to, if you want to connect with me, um, you can reach me at marianne at riverwest.org. I'm happy to encourage you, meet with you, pray with you, or you can meet with my ministry partner, Miss Jamie York. She's way in the back there. Jamie is my ministry partner, and she's also happy. You can reach her at jamie at riverwest.org. She's happy to meet with you, pray with you, encourage you, help you, coach you, whatever you need. She's, she's an amazing resource. So I think that's all the things that you need to know. Um, oh, one more thing. In your, in your groups this morning, you're going to have a card like this, and it's hospitality team sign-up. So um, you were probably greeted this morning by friendly faces. Maybe you got a few hugs on the way in the door. Um, You probably also got some coffee, some tea to warm your body. We would love for you to be part of that team, and you'll have a card in your circle this morning. You can sign up to serve just as much as, as, as once a month, twice a month, however it works for you. But we would just really love to have you be part of this hospitality, this warmth that we get to share on Tuesday mornings. All right, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to invite your leaders up, and they're going to lead you to your groups. Father, I'm so grateful that this is a place that is so much more than a Bible study. It's a place where we get to gather as women. We get to grow deep in our friendships with each other. We get to meet many new women that we would never have met in any other context. We get to open your word and discern truth, truth that you provide for us, Lord. There's no need for us to be floundering about in life wondering, you tell us clearly, and you provide for us this amazing relationship with you through Jesus Christ. We're so grateful for Jesus and for how he took our place on a cross, paying for our sins that we could be welcomed into your presence as daughters of the King. Thank you. Thank you for your spirit that just confirms that it is so and for your spirit that meets us as we open your word each week and teaches us and reveals things to us that you want us to know. Thank you, Lord, for how you are constantly growing us in our faith, constantly wooing us to yourself, constantly shaping and refining the messages that we get from this world and from our culture. Thank you, Lord, for your grace towards us. May we be women of grace towards each other as we embark on this new study. And I pray that each woman today would leave here feeling deeply encouraged and so excited to learn from you, the great teacher. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.